Merch alert! You asked and we delivered. The Royals of Malibu now has merch. We've got so much to choose from, like Team Easton or Team Reed or Team Isaac hoodies and hats. Some fun items like Do Not Dim My Sparkle t-shirts or Ugly Hot hoodies. Plus, plenty of accessories too, like our Trom mugs, AirPod cases, tote bags, stickers, and more. We'll be sharing new drops, sales, and much more on our socials at the Royals of Malibu, so be sure to follow along. That's at the Royals of Malibu. Check out the merch website at emeraldaudio.myshopify.com. That's emeraldaudio.myshopify.com. Emerald Audio is now an imprint of Diversion Audio, focusing on female-led storytelling. Hey, I'm Chris Caffaro. And I'm Nick Caffaro. We're real-life brothers who play fake-life brothers Reed and Easton Royal on the hit podcast, The Royals of Malibu. On this companion podcast, we'll be doing a deep dive into each episode, giving behind-the-scenes insights, talking to some special guests, and maybe even having some laughs along the way. Welcome to The Royal Boys. Happy New Year, Chris. Happy New Year! This is our first time in the new year, but this episode is going to come out in like February. So everyone's going to be like, these losers are so far behind everything. I know. Well, we had a great little uh, hiatus, uh, vacation and holiday season together. We really did. You got something for Christmas. I did. uh, But the doctors knocked it out with some antibiotics and they said it's not going to come back. So uh, we're, we're good. We're good. That's good. What else? It was chlamydia. What else did you get? Um, no, I got a wonderful gift from my brother. I've got, uh, I'll hold it to the camera, although this is an audio medium, a matching friendship bracelet. We got friendship bracelets. That we discussed with Hannah Montoya. Nick got me a friendship bracelet that says TRB, the Royal Boys on it. It's very sweet. It's very delicate and feminine, but I like it. <laughs> it did not look that way on the website. I when I got them, I couldn't believe it. I like typed in like masculine male bracelets and it was supposed to be like this like royal blue like thick rope with the uh TRB on the silver part and it came in and it looked like half the size of a rubber band. Yeah, you could floss your teeth with it if you want. Exactly. That's the great part about it is that if you get something in your teeth, you can take it off, you can get it out of those hard to reach places. Um no, it's a very thoughtful gift. It's a very sweet gift. I wear it all the time, and I love it. And uh, it was a very nice gift. Better than like what I got. What did I get you? I got shoes. No, you got me some nice shoes and a picture over my bed. I mean, a lot of people don't exchange gifts, so the fact that we got each other anything is great. That's true. And we also got to take a trip together with our family and my girlfriend. We all went to Grand Cayman over the New Year, which was unbelievable. And we actually had to talk about that. Well, I want to tell a quick story, though, because I think it's important for our listeners. We were on an airplane. We were flying to an island and the weather was really, really bad. And the plane was wobbling back and forth. And we were making the approach. We were a couple hundred feet off the ground. We could see the land. And all of a sudden, the airplane just pulls up and accelerates. And we just start accelerating and accelerating. And the little thing on the back of the seat was like, telling us our altitude was climbing and climbing and climbing. And everyone was like looking around, like what the heck is going on? And then the pilot got on 20 minutes later 
after we've been flying God knows where. And she was like, hey, uh, so a little bit of a detour here. We couldn't see the runway. The conditions were really bad and it was getting dangerous. So we had to abort the landing. Anyway, we're heading to Jamaica. And then she shut off and we were all thought she was joking because she was so cavalier about it. We made an emergency landing in Jamaica and we were there for three hours. We refueled and then we went back to where we were originally supposed to land. And as we were landing yet again, it was bumpy. Like it was scary. And I was sitting next to Nick and my girlfriend, the plane was going back and forth and back and forth. And finally we touched down after what was supposed to be a three and a half hour flight. It was nine hours and everybody on the plane started clapping. And I turned to Nick and I said, Hey Nick, is it acceptable for us to clap now? And he just smiled and nodded. Yes. Yeah, that was my royal decree a couple weeks ago. Don't clap when the plane lands. But we were in danger, and the pilot did a great job of getting us to where we needed to be. It was scary. It was a little scary. Yeah, Uh, but all was well that ended well. But man, that tickled me very much to be able to look you in the eye after that and uh, hear everyone around us clapping. And then I literally tickled you on the plane. Right, which was inappropriate. And after the TSA officers dragged you off, uh, we settled everything. A few more hours, we got through customs. You had the charges dropped and everything was fine. Well, Chris, um, thank you for sharing that and making me look bad. Um, But we need to get moving because we have, um, in my humble opinion, the best guest we've had so far on this episode. Uh, My favorite guest. I, I have no problem saying that. I believe you. She is my favorite guest, too. We are in for a treat. Several commenters and fans have been asking for her because she's been mentioned throughout the podcast. I think every episode, probably. Yeah. She's extremely well-suited to chime in on what we're doing because she knows Nick and I better than anyone. She is a licensed clinical social worker with a master's in social work. She is a mother and a stepmother, but most importantly, she is... Our sister, ladies and gentlemen, Jacqueline Cafaro Cafaro. Yay! Jacqueline, it's our sister, <laughs> Royal Girl. Thanks for having me, guys. Thank you for being here. I'm so glad we can finally give the person what they want. Yeah, that one commenter on that Spotify one single person. <laughs> has been begging for Jacqueline to come on because she's been mentioned in almost every episode. Well, your wish is our command. Jacqueline, can you please tell our listeners why I just introduced you as Jacqueline Cafaro Cafaro and why that is not a joke? Sure can. So I, my maiden name, obviously, since I'm related to both of you, was Cafaro. And it's funny because I, my whole life, when I learned the concept of women having to change their name, I was like, yeah, I'm definitely not going to do that. Um, I always said that all my friends knew that in high school and college, it was like, if it ever came up, I would be like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to be changing my name. I love my last name. And then, you know, long story short, I end up marrying a guy whose last name is Cafaro, C-A-F-A-R-O. And I ended up having to change my last name because the logistics of it were so confusing. You should have seen me at social security. When I went to change my name. It was like a six-hour process, not because of the line, but because no one understood what I was doing. 
Um, but yeah, so exchanging vowels was our hashtag when wedding hashtags were a thing, courtesy of Chris. I'm, that's still oh, nice, the nice, joke Chris. I'm most proud of, exchanging vowels. Yeah, it's pretty good. Thanks. And you, I implored you to hyphenate, but you didn't. Kafaro, Kafaro, tomato, tomato. At that that wedding, exchanging vowels, uh, you had two really great speakers do a speech. How long was that speech? It was about 18 minutes. Was it really 18 minutes? It was 18 minutes. That's unacceptable. That is too long. And if, I, really if, we, if your viewers request, give enough requests, I will share the YouTube video. No, I'm going to veto that. Oh, wow. I'm going to veto that. <laughs> we should do the math of how much that cost with the amount you were spending on the wedding, the total time. Let's not yeah. say it on air, but I'm sure we'll it was more than Chris or I have ever made for any performance. Yeah, um, but it was amazing. And probably besides actually getting married, one of my favorite parts of the whole wedding. So I would do it again. And I would want you to do it again. The nods to the musicals was key. Yeah. For me. Yes, they were necessary because well, Jacqueline is really the reason that Chris and I are in the entertainment business. Uh, she's our older sister, but she was like addicted to Broadway musicals growing up. At least that's how I remember it. And you would take me to all the musicals. We would sing Rent together, which it really wasn't age appropriate. But I re- it was when the like the lyrics were on the inside of the uh, CD um, flaps and we would sing the duets. Uh, I literally remember shows on my birthday. I, I was like 15 and or 14. I went downstairs. No, I was younger than that. I was maybe 12. I went downstairs to our mom and I was like, Mom, what's sodomy? <laughs> She was like spit her teeth out. Jeez. She's like, why are you asking me that? I'm like, because it's it's a, it's a lyric in La Vie Bohème. And yeah, then then I w- it was vetoed. That was going to be my 12th birthday gift. 12? To go to the show. Sodomy? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was going to be my t- 12th birthday gift. And um then that prompted her to read the lyrics. And she was like, yeah, we're not going to be going to that. So we went to Annie, get your gun instead. Just a child with a rifle is so much better <laughs> than singing about bohemian life in the Lower East Side. But I did end up seeing it on my 16th birthday and then like 19 times there since. Wow. Yeah, Jacqueline, you're show. the you're the reason I ever performed for the first time because you went behind my back in high school and you signed me up for a cabaret night, like talent show slash fundraiser to perform a sketch from Saturday night live with Jay Ray, Jay Ray, Jay Ray, captain of the wrestling team. He played Will Ferrell. Jay, if you're listening, Jay's a big fan. (laughs) Jay's a big fan of the pod. He's an all American wrestler. Um, Yeah. He played, uh, we both played cheerleaders. He played the Will Ferrell role. I played the Sherry O'Terry role because I was like 90 pounds at the time and uh, the rest is history. Um, Jacqueline, I real quickly do rapid fire without thinking. Just answer. First answer comes to your head. Who do you like better, Chris or Nick? Go. <laughs> Pass. Damn it. Well, ja- that that is a good segue and you know I'm all about segues. Yeah. Jacqueline. Really bad ones, but yes. Oh, you, you listen. she listens. She knows you oh, suck I listen, at transitions. And I, I listen and I do have some things I need to address, but I'll let you do your shitty segue first. Okay, thank you. <laughs> do you listen to the Royal Boys or do you listen to all of it? Do you oh, listen no, to the Royals I, and I only listen to the Royal Boys. Um, I have listened to one singular episode of the Royals of Malibu, and that is the one for this 
so we can have this conversation. And that is saying something because I have watched every single thing the two of you have ever done since you were like eight years old. I mean, I like Nick, when you were like prepubescent and Annie and Chris and Scapino and the girl in the door, whatever, girl where the, in the mirror. Kid was spitting all over everybody. Like I've oh, seen- Jacqueline. What about when I was in The Music Man and you were living in London and you called our mom and you yep. stayed on on the line and she held her phone the entire show so you can listen to it? Yeah. So like I have gone to great lengths to see and be around and, you know, all your content I consume except for this because I heard one very scarring clip like Stitch on TikTok and I was like, yeah, this is not for me. So luckily in this episode... Nick almost only dies and doesn't, there's nothing sexual. It's just, he almost ODs, which is obviously, it's just very sad, but I'll take that over any sexual innuendos or any of that. That's not for me. There, there was no innuendo. <laughs> but I'm it's, glad it, it's pretty blatant. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. And then I, yeah. And then I heard that like teenagers, young, young teenagers are listening to it, but you know. But but wait a second, wait a second, real quick, real quick. Young teenagers are listening to it. You, you were twelve years old listening to Rent, so maybe this there, there. out there is some. This is kid's this rent. is Rent. This I, is somebody's we are rent. the Jonathan Larson of our generation. <laughs> Hopefully, with a better ending. Uh, multiple Tony Awards. <laughs> Jacqueline, do you know anything about Easton Royal and Reed Royal? At least like, well, all I know is what I've picked up on. Cause I've listened to all of these, you know, yeah. your, your companion podcast. Well, so, let me just put it this way. A, a lot of the questions we get from our uh, guests have been, are you and Chris similar to your characters? And I feel like no one is more qualified to answer that than you. Um, that is if you know our characters. Well, I mean, I have, I have a gist. I think that no, <laughs> you're not. Well, maybe in some ways, I think like the, you know, hearing on this most recent episode, how much Reed loves Easton and like how loyal they are to each other and protective of each other. Like that definitely is very much on brand for the two of you. Um, Nick, never been a big drug guy. No. So that's definitely not you. Uh, same with, you know, Chris, not a big athlete. Excuse <laughs> me. <laughs> NCAA Division One athlete here, more than you guys. Yeah, well, I would like it to be known that I am unequivocally the most athletic of the three of us. Untrue. Uh, I don't know. Uh, untrue. Without a doubt. It's but, untrue. Um, I mean, it's definitely not you, Chris. <laughs> That's fine. So, like, Easton is more like the wisecracking class clown. Reed is more the quiet, emotional, brooding guy. So the well, it's you're the opposites, because yeah. Nick's more emotional, brooding, and Chris is obnoxious. An obnoxious. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. That's and an unathletic asshole. <laughs> okay, I'm quite athletic. Thank you very much. I'm just kidding. Division one athlete, NCAA scholarship. It's not a big deal. <laughs> it's not. You were a mascot, dude. Don't. You were in a giant inflatable hippo suit and you were in a robe singing acapella so shut the fuck up yeah <laughs> but yeah. actually can i this is one of the things there were two things i wanted to address and one of them was this and in, in one of the episodes recently i think it was the one with hannah 
you two were like talking about what you were like in high school. And it very much was like coming across like you were like these like nerdy band kids. And like, that is not the case at all. Thank you. Yes, you were in the band. <laughs> but the band is cool. But it was like you, you were definitely, I mean, I, we went to such like a different type of high school. I'm not, not maybe not, there wasn't like the popular kids necessarily, but if there were like, you were in that group, you were cool. So I don't know. I just, I feel like everyone that's listening. Thanks. Mom. Everyone should know <laughs> that you were not like these losers. No, we not on losers. my watch anyway. No, we were generally well-liked, but you were definitely the coolest of the three of us in high school. And I was lucky enough to go to high school for two years with you. And I'm very grateful because you really took me under your wing, not only signing me up behind my back for a talent show, but bringing me to parties and inviting me out and making sure nobody you know, picked on me because I was such a little... People used to call me... What was the name of Lizzie McGuire's yeah. younger brother? Old man alarm, Lizzie McGuire. You're so fucking old. His name was like Max or something, or uh, I forgot. But, but he yeah. had, I think it was little little bitch boy with spiky yeah, hair, yeah, only yeah. ninety eight pounds. That was it. Wait, wasn't yeah. that from Even Stevens or something? No, beans? you're thinking of Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> People call you Beans. No, it was the it was the kid from it was Lizzie McGuire's brother. He had spiky hair and braces and like looked just like me. Yeah, you look. Yeah, you look. And was just like him. obnoxious and always like butting his head in, and I, that was me. So, well, anyway, I just thought it was important that people know that you were very well-liked, beloved Brian McMahon senators. Thank you so much. And it has been nothing but downhill from there. Oh, um, should should we get into the episode? Because I have so many questions for Jacqueline. Also, this was not intentional, but I think this is a perfect episode for you to come on for yeah. um, okay. as I re-listen to it. So let's just get right into it. What do you say? Do it, Nick. Lead us off. Okay, episode 11, they always promise, because they always do. They always um, promise. And we open up the episode at a family photo shoot that Brooke, the evil stepmom, has set up for the family. Let's start there. Yeah. Stepmom. Jacqueline, you are the queen of the organized family photo shoot. And I, <laughs> I the amount of ribbing and shit I've gotten from my friends for pictures of us posted wearing matching pajamas over the holidays or doing like a photo shoot on the beach. Uh, it has been brutal and relentless, but I, I am unapologetic about it because I think it's very sweet and very, uh, very nice. Yeah. Thank you. And you will all thank me one day when we're like old and disgusting and we get to like, look at, you know, pictures when we were young and disgusting. <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly. Um, um, but so that, you know, like I said, I haven't listened to this before. I did know Brooke was the stepmom. Um, and Brooke is unwell. Brooke is unwell. Yes. Uh, she's yeah. doing everything wrong from a stepmom standpoint. Oh, tell go, us. Go on. Go on. Well, first of all, I get th there's something with like a sex tape she's going to release. So she's blackmailing her husband. Mm -hmm. So she's you don't think maybe that's. As a stepmom, you you would say avoid. <laughs> yeah, so that goes avoid on blackmail with deep avoid, fake porn. Okay, blackmail. cool, 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 cool. Yeah, good to mm -hmm. know. Um, avoid like any physical interaction with your stepchild. That uh -huh. is inappropriate. Good. Yeah. Well, there That's is a, a whole subset of videos on the internet that would disagree with that. But go on. 
disgusting. Um, and yeah, she's just a little bitch. I don't like her. Yes. I, I don't think there's anything wrong with her doing a family photo shoot. But no, of the, course not. The, yeah, I've the way she plenty. goes about doing it. Yeah. Well, she's just a psycho. Like, didn't, yes. do we find out in this episode she faked her pregnancy too? Yes. Well, don't give it away. At the end of the episode, we do find that out. But Jacqueline, here's something. <laughs> I don't know if you remember. Of course you remember this. But I remember when you you know, married your husband, our brother-in-law, who we love dearly. Um, and he had children of his own. You were like, you know, Disney has made the stepmom the mm-hmm. evil stepmom. They have put the stigma around it. And you wanted to make it your mission to change that and maybe write a children's book that put them in a stepmothers in positive lights like you have been to your stepchildren. Um, and it, it's gone. It went as far as you completely switching careers Mm-hmm. from working in finance to then going back to school to get your master's in social work so you can work with blended families. So how does it make you feel listening to something where the stepmom is portrayed in such a negative light? I mean, it's 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 par for the course because we're, we're always um, portrayed that way, whereas a stepdad is a hero. They're just, they, they came in and they raised kids that weren't theirs and they're, they're a hero. And then the stepmom is like the villain who, you know, broke up the family or is overstepping or whatever. So I'm used to it. But then when you have a character like Brooke who like walks into that stereotype, it is a little bit frustrating. Um, but just like a side anecdote, the first time I met my stepchildren, the very first day, um, obviously they weren't my stepchildren yet. They were my boyfriend's children. And we thought it was a good idea to go to a movie. And the movie we went to was Cinderella. No. What? And while we're, it never like occurred to me until we're sitting there. <laughs> and the whole movie is about this evil stepmother. And it's now a family joke. I mean, like we laugh about it a lot, but like talk about, could you have picked a worse activity? No. Like, let's watch this film about your future. Like you should have, you should have gone to see Stepmom with Julia oh, Roberts and oh Susan God. Sarandon. That's one of the hardest I've ever cried in a movie. That's a very, very sad movie. I can't believe you did that. That is I know. so, so advised. It was really, but now it's just like a a family joke. Every now yeah. and then, like one of my stepdaughters would be like, "Remember when we saw Cinderella the first day we met you?" I think the only worst portrayal of a stepmom in a movie would be The Parent Trap with Lindsay Lohan. Oh yeah. Because yep. that is, you know, Cinderella, it's like, okay, well, she's, you know, she's wicked and like there's witches and stuff. And, but like the parent trap is real and she's like young and mm-hmm. hot and like she comes in and she's like, I will send you little brats off to prep school. Meredith. Meredith. Do you think the, the term stepmom is pejorative? Do you dislike it? Do you like it? Do you care? No, I don't really care. I mean, there was, there's like a, a, a school of thought that like bonus mom is better. I don't, I don't really care. It's just a word. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. I'm honestly there, just too tired to care. This is one of the reasons I was so excited to have you on this podcast. Cause I forgot this happens during this photo shoot. They're like, where's Easton? Has anybody heard from Easton? Has anybody heard from him? He's not texting us back. Chris, can you explain why that made me laugh? <laughs> yes, of course. Because growing up the sentence, wait- no, still, well, still, certainly, but the sentence, where's Nick, 
has been uttered more in our family than I think any other phrase <laughs> ever. Uh, and it's all stems from Jacqueline who loves her family very much, but also might have some clinical issues that she needs to um, address where if she can't get in contact with a family member, she spirals out of control and assumes the very, very worst. And so she will call your cell phone or show up at your apartment at 6 a.m. because your phone died the night of your birthday and bang on the door to make sure that you're home safely, even though you have a special lady friend in the room with you. And it's humiliating. Oh, God. Right down the street. So it wasn't like I took a subway. I walked at 6 a.m. Yep, at 6 a.m. And don't you are don't not try and make person. this normal. No regrets. No regrets. Okay, but acknowledge that it's no, 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 no. It's not behavior. normal. It is abnormal behavior, and so I would not have handled it well. Should I have not been able to reach Easton, and Reed's going to Ella, just try not to worry about it. And I'm thinking, yeah, okay. Well, that was, I've heard that before from you. He's yeah. fine. He's fine. But so what? What happens though is that I get worked up, and then I work everybody else up just because I'll be like, have you heard from, you know, have you heard from Chris? You, oh, you haven't heard from him today. And then that'll get the gears rolling and Nick will be like, well, I didn't hear from Chris today. And then my mom will be like, Oh, my mom will be like, well, I didn't hear from Chris today. <laughs> then everybody's looking for Chris. Yeah. It's a healthy cycle. Everybody except, no, ca- it's, everybody it's, except casting directors. Well, that's their loss. Yeah. Um, but I, you know, to, to be honest, I have like anxiety issues. I've dealt with them my whole life. It all started when Nick got lost in Jumpin' Jimmy's in 1994, maybe. So Nick, it's your fault. But yeah, so we're working on it. Although, come on, it's gotten better. It has gotten Yeah, it's better. gotten so much better. Well, because your focus is now on your kids. No, you know what, though? It's not even that bad, though. I will say, I feel like I got like a lot of that out on like the two of you. I don't know. I mean, I am definitely anxious about my kids, like, but I feel like it's within normal limits. So you would not have handled this Easton no, showing. No, I was. Up. It yeah. was giving me. I was anxious. Yeah, listening but, to the show. But he does. Episode. He does end up showing up. His eyes are all screwed over, and mm-hmm. he definitely looks high, which Reed sees right away. Um, and he says, "No, I was just up late staying at Sav's." Um, but uh, the other question I had for you, Jacqueline, is have. Have you ever used a bump it? <laughs> that, that reference made me laugh out loud. That reference, um, that reference, and the Snooky reference; those are old man alarms. Because so I do old. not know if current high schoolers would know a who Snooky is, and definitely wouldn't know what a bump it is. No, I think they do because it's like a whole like meme. <laughs> they don't know it because it's popular, or they lived it. They know it because it's made fun of. Yeah. Oh, it is. Why do people yeah. still use it occasionally? No, no, it's like, no, no one uses that. I never used one. I could do it myself, though. I had like my little poof all the time. Go off, my, queen. It was my signature hair hairdo. If you like saving money, and let's face it, who doesn't? Then you have to get Rakuten. Because Rakuten shoppers get it all when it comes to shopping. The hottest brands, the best deals, and the most savings. With Rakuten, you get cash back at stores you love like Urban Outfitters, Sephora, and Levi's. You'll also never miss out on promo codes and coupons because Rakuten gives you all the best ones. 
You can even stack cash back on top of sales, credit card points, and other loyalty programs. And it couldn't be easier. Just join Rakuten for free, then use the website or app to shop your favorite stores and watch your cash back add up. So before you buy another thing, join Rakuten, because Rakuten shoppers always get the most bang for their buck. Get started at Rakuten.com or get the Rakuten app. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. I'm Erica, one-third of the podcast, Books and Betches, a comedy book podcast where we swear, spoil, and we talk about... Whoa, 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 you cannot say that in this. What do you mean? That's like our slogan. It's our gimmick. It is, but just say we're a very funny adult book podcast. How about we just give some examples of things we talk about? Well, there's a lot of chaos. I'm Chris in it with me, I have. Robert! No. <laughs> we talk about books, but we're not your AP Lit class. I definitely hit on the major points. You did. absolutely did not. She did. You talked Just about not in the order you thought she would. You talked so slowly about one thing. A lot of sidebar conversations. I just. I hate Are you her. denying the existence of chupacabras? You know what, Erica? Yes, I am. <laughs> and we don't always get the facts right. Epilogues don't belong in books. <laughs> Call it chapter one. That's a the prologue. The second I see That's a prologue. Yeah. Oh, I'm talking about prologues. <laughs> You can listen to new episodes of the Books and Betches podcast every Tuesday morning, anywhere you get your podcasts. Bye-bye! Back to the scene real quick. They're eating sashimi at their high school cafeteria. Oh, I know. Sashimi! And they're kind of complaining about it. They go to a very wealthy high school... We went to the second best public high school in our town. We were like the younger brother's uh, school. And Jacqueline, when- No, we were, what do you mean? We weren't- Norwalk High School got all the funding and all of the love until a few years in for me. So when we, when we, Jacqueline, started at McMahon, like it was run down. There was asbestos and leaks and like it was- it hadn't been touched in like 50 years, the school. Um, and our school lunch was very much like you get a tray, you walk down the line, you get a scoop of what is being served. And then our whole school got redone, but it was done after you left, I think. Right, Jacqueline? They they broke No, they broke ground while I was a senior. Okay. So I actually Lovely. got to enjoy the fruits of the labor during the um, – like the new cafeteria and it had like pond. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, There was no fruit at this cafeteria. They, they had like sections. There was like a sandwich section. There was a hot food section. There was like an international section. There was French fries. There were like, it was, there was, first of all, the French fries when I was there were banging. Yeah. I don't think they allowed them. Yeah. They got rid of those by the time I got there. They were $1. Yeah. And they were banging. Yeah, the br- yeah, they get rid of them. I used to try to get there early because they would make really good breakfast sandwiches, like sausage, egg, and cheese, bacon, egg, and cheese on English. Like muffins. in the morning. Uh huh. We never got there early. No, that must have been when it was you were after you yourself. left. Yeah, when I would drive myself. Yeah. yeah. Which, by the way, this is the other thing that I wanted to say. Uh-huh. In one episode, you referenced the fact that I punched you in the face, and I feel like I need to clear my name right now. Go for it. You were like, "Yeah, um, our sister." Closed fist punched me in the face. True or false? I've never done that. True or false? Oh, a hundred percent true. I just want everyone to know that you deserved it. I and okay, fair. I don't take it back. Okay. There was a time where 
you like wouldn't call me a bitch because like that would get you in trouble. So mm-hmm. you called me a beast. That's right. All day. <laughs> every day. A beast. A be- like everything I did. You're a beast. You're a beast. And which is very much the. You did say you're the most athletic. It, it's very much the I'm not touching you of swear words. Yes, absolutely. So we were in the, we were running late per usual and you were blaming it on me. I was blaming it on you. We were in my white pathfinder at the bottom of our driveway and you said, you called me a beast and I just closed fisted you like, you know, side and I not, I got you real bad. And then you, then you called me a beast again and I put the car in park and you pulled my hair. It was a scene. It was a scene. But I didn't hit you back. I didn't hit you back. You didn't. You pulled my hair, though. Well. But you know what? I found you in school and apologized because I did feel I did feel bad. And then we didn't even tell our parents. We wanted we to wait. We wanted other. to wait until we could until do right it on now. a national platform. Did you have a swollen lip or like bloody yes. lip or anything? Yeah, I got a fat. I had a fat lip. And Damn. You never hit me. I was always very protected. Yeah, but I did kick you that time. But you told that story. Yeah. Well, anyway, speaking of you guys driving in a car together, uh, Reed and Ella are driving in a car together. Good work, Nick. And, hey, that's um, a five out of five, dude. That's a five out of five transition. Thank you. Dude, that's that how you thank transition. You. It, back to, uh, you know, it's more of the Easton hasn't gotten back to me. I'm sort of worried about him. And Reed's like, just calm down. But then they start talking about like what schools Ella's going to apply to. And she talks about different colleges and how she has to consider all these different life paths she could possibly take. And it made me think about that time when you're younger and you feel like you have to choose one path and you couldn't possibly switch from it. So it felt like this huge decision. But Jacqueline, I think you are the perfect example that it's never too late to go after what you're passionate about. You completely switched careers. Mm -hmm. You've switched schools, colleges, you transferred colleges. Um, Yeah. What gives you the bravery to do all those things? And is it me and why? (laughs) Um, I think I just, I, if I'm not happy, I just, I can't fake it. I'm just not one of those people who, and I'll try, I'll really try. Like I, I started at GW like Chris and George Washington university, George Washington university, <laughs> uh, represent go colonials. And it just wasn't the right fit for me. I tried really hard to make it work. It just, it didn't work. So I left, which I know is hard to do, but it wasn't really that hard. It was fine. I went, I went, ended up at University of Virginia, had a blast there. I feel like I was there the whole time, made a lot of amazing friends. Um, but, you know, I did that because I just couldn't, I didn't find my passion or my place or I didn't feel like I belonged to anything at GW. And I immediately felt that at UBA. Um, and the same thing goes for my career. You know, I worked in um, finance <coughs> for almost a decade and it was, there were, it was great and I learned a lot. Um, but it just, there was like no fire there anymore towards the end. Um, and then I became a mom and my whole thought process shifted because I just thought, you know, if I'm going to be away from my kid, there was only one of them at the time. If I'm going to be away from him all day, then I need to be doing something that like inspires me. Um, so I left that job and I, you know, all of this, I'm very lucky to be able to do all of this and a lot of support for my husband and my family. But I left my, that job, went to um, apply to grad school, went full time, got my master's in social work. 
And because of, you know, my family situation and being a stepmom and seeing like just firsthand how difficult um, the family court system can be on families, I really wanted to start something on my own where I could help people who are, um, you know, going through divorce or becoming new step parents or trying to blend their families or trying to, you know, co-parent effectively want to just start something that could service that group, that demographic. Um, so I ended up meeting someone who had the same goals and we've been working together to do that for the past almost three years now, which is crazy. Um, and yeah, so, so yes, that's a plug for anyone who's listening. You might think you have, you know, wherever you are now is the end of the road in terms of career choices or passions, et cetera. And it's just simply not. I was 32 when I went to grad school. And in my class, by the way, I was in the middle of the age bracket. Really? I had friends. Yeah. I had friends in their fifties and their sixties who are just starting over. And I don't know. It's so cool. I, I think that those things aren't really highlighted um, those type of shifts aren't really highlighted and it's so glamorized that you like go to, you get your, your bachelor's, and then you go get a career and whatever that is, or you go directly to law school, directly to med school. And you just know at age 18, when we, when we're dumb as shit, you just know exactly what you're going to do. And, and that's the path you're going to be on forever. And that's just, that's, it's bullshit. And I tell my stepdaughters that all the time, because I think, they're both in that phase where they're like, well, what, what college do we go to and what should I major in? And it's like, just, you don't have to have all the answers right now because if things don't work out, you can pivot. Um, and yeah. you, you know, it's easier said than done, but you can do it. It's possible. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm so proud of you. That's amazing. If you like saving money, and let's face it, who doesn't, then you have to get Rakuten. Because Rakuten shoppers get it all when it comes to shopping. The hottest brands, the best deals, and the most savings. With Rakuten, you get cash back at stores you love like Urban Outfitters, Sephora, and Levi's. You'll also never miss out on promo codes and coupons because Rakuten gives you all the best ones. You can even stack cash back on top of sales, credit card points, and other loyalty programs. And it couldn't be easier. Just join Rakuten for free, then use the website or app to shop your favorite stores and watch your cash back add up. So before you buy another thing, join Rakuten, because Rakuten shoppers always get the most bang for their buck. Get started at Rakuten.com or get the Rakuten app. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. I'm Erica, one-third of the podcast, Books and Betches, a comedy book podcast where we swear, spoil, and we talk about... Whoa, 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 you cannot say that in this. What do you mean? That's like our slogan. It's our gimmick. It is, but just say we're a very funny adult book podcast. How about we just give some examples of things we talk about? Well, there's a lot of chaos. I'm Kristen, and with me I have... Wobble! No. <laughs> We talk about books, but we're not your AP Lit class. I definitely hit on the major points. You did. absolutely did not. She did. You talked Just about- in the order you thought she would. You talked so slowly <laughs> about one thing. <laughs> A lot of sidebar conversations. I just- I Are you her. denying the existence of chupacabras? You know what, Erica? Yes, I am. <laughs> and we don't always get the facts right. Epilogues <laughs> don't belong in books. Call it chapter one. That's a the prologue. The second I see- That's a prologue. Yeah. Oh, I'm talking about prologues. <laughs> 
You can listen to new episodes of the Books and Betches podcast every Tuesday morning, anywhere you get your podcasts. Bye-bye. Let's get to the heart of this episode, which is the Easton and Reed fight. That was really good. Really? Why? It was really good. Well, it just, it it felt very real to me. Not that the three of us fought a lot, but I've seen some bigger fights between the two of you. And Chris has like a fight voice. And it was, that is like (laughs) what you did. That, That it was real. That Reed fight voice is the Chris fight voice. Yeah. What is the Nick fight voice? Oh, oh no, leave me alone. <laughs> Guys, you're being mean to me to me. Please, please, no. <laughs> it's more like, you know, tortoisey. You just like go into your. No, but when you get really mad, you, you pop off too. It just yeah. takes more. I've been it, told I get an uh, Italian accent when I get upset, frustrated what? by friends. Like, not Italian, like Northeast Italian. Give us an example. Are you fucking kidding me? I don't understand what that means. So, Tommy, are you kidding me? Me and my boys are going to give you a gabagool in the studio, Dale. <laughs> yeah. Like I have to say, I've never heard that one, but. Yeah, well, I don't get mad at you. Uh, no, when you do, you just don't talk to me for several months. That's true. You are a little bitch that way. That's for another so, time. Um, I find drugs. This is a very, I was very relatable scene because this is a classic like masculine thing where it's like, I'm concerned about you, but the only way I know how to show it is by being tough and being like, give me it. I'll kick your ass if you do drugs again, which obviously these teenagers are not equipped to handle such circumstances, but you know, he does it. And then he, he says it, you know, it's my responsibility to take care of you, which is something I relate to as an older brother. And I wonder, Jacqueline and Nick, if you relate to that type of thing. Absolutely. Um, Nick, what do you think? I don't, I just don't recall, uh, Jacqueline says she remembers big fights between us. I don't feel like, when would you have been Oh, a... I, I remember one specifically. Okay. With the Jets hat. <laughs> oh, yeah. I got I a new re- Jets hat and Chris wiped his ass <laughs> with it. <laughs> yeah, but what was, the, what, what was the leading up to it? Like that was like the peak because Chris, Chris goes like, he goes, it's like, okay, we're chugging along in the fight. And then Chris goes like 400 level, 4 million, whatever, zero to 4 million like that. And that was, that was that, it was the tipping point. I don't remember what the fight was about, but it culminated in Chris at the front door, wiping his ass with Nick's I didn't wipe. Okay. Wait a second. I didn't wipe. I you just, shoved it down I your pants it and in, rubbed it yeah, on your I ass. I shoved it on my butt, but I didn't like wipe my ass crack with it. Like I was cleansing. Yeah, then look at this stain right now. I'm wearing it right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, it's the Jets. They deserve it. Wait, but did you, do you remember? I don't remember I what no the fight was. I don't remember what the fight was, but I do remember that. Because it was like so absurd. I think we all just started laughing. I know. But that was my. That's usually Chris's MO. That's what he does. He like takes the ups the ante so much that all we could do is just like in the car in Italy. Yeah, but then yeah, you or just... he'll break a glass. But listen, that I've I've unpacked this behavior with my therapist, and she says it is common, especially of a middle child who 
when things feel out of control or whatever, they explode so that all of the attention goes to them so that everything else stops. It's almost like, you know, like exploding a bomb so that all the other arguments stop and it's all focused on one thing. And I don't do it consciously. Oh, I don't do it anymore because I'm a grown man. But um, <laughs> well, I don't. Come on. I've grown. I don't have the anger issues I once did. Then we come out of a commercial break and we have the big moment. We hear sirens and Reed runs into Ella's room, wakes her up, and says Easton has overdosed. And then chaos ensues. Sorry. They run to the hospital. Uh, it's very emotional. Um, I thought there was some good acting happening in this scene, both in our fight, sure. Nick. I thought it was really well acted. I thought this, this, I was proud of the work that we all did. Um, and then Ella instinctually calls Isaac, which is very interesting. Her, her other boo, um, because she's triggered by being in the hospital. She hasn't been in the hospital since her mother was in there dying. And, uh, I don't know. I mean, what is everyone's thoughts on the, her, Ella's reaction? Well, I think that she calls him because he represents the stability in her life and it was all that chaos and I can relate and I usually call you you guys when that kind of stuff happens. Someone that grounds you instantly and I think that he is that for her. Did anyone else feel though that he was like un- like underselling the situation a bit. Like I, like she was like, I think I should go back. He could be dying. And he's like, everything's fine. <laughs> like, I don't know. I would have been like, no, you're right. You should go back. Yeah. I, yeah, I felt, I felt that way too, but I think he's a, he's, you know, he's young and he's trying to spend as much time with this girl. He's sort of like in the battle for her, but also I think, everything Ellis tells him about this family is like at a 10. So in his defense, I could see it being a little bit of like, yeah, this is just par for the course. This shit's crazy. Easton is drunk, but like, this is the same thing you tell me every time you talk about these people. So like, I'm sure it's fine, but it definitely belies the gravity of the situation. Cause we've never seen, we don't know what he oh, overdoses on. Do we a oh, painkillers? He says he got coke from a girl and then test your drugs. Oh, right. Right. Which, especially now, A, you shouldn't be doing drugs. B, if you are, please test them. And if you're having problems, please seek help. I mean, every every what's interesting about the scene is everyone takes responsibility. Reed takes responsibility. Savannah takes responsibility. Ella takes responsibility. Callum takes responsibility. It's like, whose fault is it? It, well, I, that's the thing. It's the entire family system's fault. It's everybody's fault. Yes. How so? Because Callum, from what I understand in my very limited exposure to this series, is a shitty dad. And, you know, Reed, maybe, and Ella, maybe have unintentionally enabled Easton to be able to go just go off and turn his phone off and do drugs. Don't you think some people are predisposed genetically, chemically to oh, a hundred percent addiction? And- of course, and and he probably is. But then you have this fucked up family that isn't helping the situation, right? At all. And the shame of it is they have every resource at the their disposal because you know many people don't have the wealth and resources that they have to get help they do they just lack the 
awareness or knowledge or love and attention to get it for him. But they also the double edged sword is they have they have the resources also to have the lifestyle that is craziness and drugs and partying. I think that given the history, especially with losing their mother to addiction, you would think that they would be a little bit more attentive and better suited to deal with it. But I also think that, and this goes back to, you know, you, you joke at me for like exploding and, and having like going over the top, but it generally stops things in its tracks. And, you know, Easton bottoming out here could be the catalyst for actual real change and a real wake up call for him and the rest of the family to be like, okay, this isn't just some kid being a kid. This isn't just recreational Easton's yeah. being a silly clown. Like this is real. He almost died. Yeah. Easton needs help and we all need help type aha moment. Yeah. Yeah. And it's Reed helpful. needs to not have to feel like he has to be the dad because that's not fair to him. Okay. But wait real quick. Then the episode ends with the huge reveal is that, yeah. Uh, Easton does not think that Brooke is pregnant. Oh my God. That's crazy. But also, what a funny scene. This was a great scene. This is my favorite scene to act. I thought there was a lot of good juice here. She's coming in. I just OD'd. I'm on a hospital bed and I'm like full on petty detective mode, um, which I thought was very fun. It was, I, hope, I hope you enjoy listening to it. I did. I, I love it. Well, first the of all, I generator. live for that. I baby, live for maybe. petty detective mode, so. Yeah, I know. If you need some inside scoop on an ex-girlfriend or a current girlfriend or anybody, yep. go, to a, go to an older sister with a social media account. Okay, so now comes the time of the show. Jacqueline, you're a fan, so you know what's happening. It's time for Royal Decrees. Hear ye, hear ye. A Royal Decree. Why don't you go first? Sure. So... I learned something new about you, Nick, on one of the episodes. I didn't know you had a nap pass. Yeah. Which is just hilarious. Um, But my royal decree is that nap passes be a thing. Like, we are doing everything wrong in this country. They have, like, a whole siesta culture in Europe where you go home from, like, 12 to 2 and you eat lunch. You take a little snoozy and then you come back to work and like I live for a nap and so that would just be the best. So I think we should make nap passes like a thing and no matter what you do, no matter what your job is, you can drop that pass any day, anytime and go home and sleep for two hours. How many do you get? Unlimited. It's wow. a daily thing. What a great decree. You get one a day. One a day. Wow. I love that. That's my decree. That's a great decree. I would love a job pass where I I can get a job. Uh, that would be what I want. <laughs> My royal decree is very simple. I think pineapple is disgusting and it should be outlawed. Pina coladas are disgusting. Pineapple flavor. Pineapples, the shape of them is ugly. Everything about pineapples are disgusting. The touch of them makes me want to vomit. It's like like they it's like fruit with splinters in it. I I I hate it. <laughs> it makes me so angry. And then you throw coconut in there and I hate coconut and it's like coconut's like eating paper and basically anything tropical flavor is disgusting and has no business in my mouth. Wow. Really okay. aggressive and just aggressive. wrong. No. Pineapple, by the way, the universal sign for swingers. No, it's so like it, I couples, thought it was a, um, a pelican. 
or Flamingo. Who, who are we kidding? Why does anyone, no because one on this the call the apartment knows. across <laughs> or has the apartment any across experience from us, in that. My royal decree is start swinging. The apartment across from us has a like neon flamingo that lights up at night. And somebody once said like, oh, that means that their swingers live there. Um, okay, well, that's a bad royal decree, but here's mine. I think we need to lower the temperature on award shows. Not all of them need to be televised. Um, I do like celebrating art, but awards are kind of stupid. And it's all subjective. Um, and no one, I don't know. I just, it's too much. It's too much. It's become a little bit too much for me. Um, there's just like a one every night. Critics' Choice Awards was last night. Emmys is tonight. The Golden Globes was last week. The SAG Awards are coming up. Blah, 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 blah. There's just so many awards. Um, and I have not gotten any. So when I start getting recognition, I will definitely change this decree. But for now, let's, let's lower the temperature a little <laughs> bit. Yeah, when you start getting recognition, and then they roll this tape. Yeah. They roll this audio. So, Jacqueline, um, at the end, we always give our guests an opportunity to talk about upcoming clients, um, some client-patient confidentiality stuff so break hipaa rules yeah yeah or any specific client you want anybody to tell us, specifically but, fucked up <laughs> or like yeah like their most embarrassing thing and if you could use their full name and social security number that'd be great i don't have a witty comeback so i got nothing oh you and nick have something in common yeah. okay so let's get out of here jacqueline um we love you so much we look up to you we want to be here without you so thank you for being here with You're us. my favorite person more than Chris. This should be the royal siblings. Maybe it will be. No, I think this is our last episode, actually. They're going to cancel us. No. You guys are doing so great. Oh, thanks, Jack. I love it. I'm a huge fan. Huge fan. Thanks. Well, we're a huge fan of yours. And um, yeah, thank you so much for doing this. We love you very much. We'll talk oh, I to love you, you probably three more times today. Um, all right. Love you guys. Thank you for listening, Jacqueline. Thanks for swinging by, Nick. Whatever. See you. Thanks, everybody. Love you all. Bye.